All right. What's good with everybody? Hey, have uh, any of you guys seen that T-shirt that has Mr. Rogers' picture on the front? And it says, all's good in the neighborhood. All's good. Well, sorry. All's good in the hood. I've been really wanting that T-shirt. It really has nothing to do with my message. But every time I say that, it really is just on my mind. So I had to get it out there. But uh, as Pastor Jason talked about, uh, this week we are going to talk about prayer. And I'm sure the... The word prayer conjures up uh, all different kinds of thoughts and emotions for every single one of us. You know, some of us, uh, we have a great thriving prayer life, and maybe some of the things we'll talk about here this morning uh, just reinforce what you're already putting into to practice, and that's awesome. But for uh, a lot of other people, maybe a prayer kind of feels like this uh, algebra equation that you really just don't know how to solve, or, or maybe prayer just feels like a, a foreign language that you really just keep getting lost in translation. Uh, however we view uh, prayer, it does not change the fact that uh, it is one of the most important disciplines of our faith, uh, and also one of the most powerful you know, prayer uh, unleashes, uh, you know, the power of God in our life. It really unleashes uh, God's direction in our life. It unleashes his presence in our life. And so uh, it's actually one of the, not only is it one of the most important disciplines of the faith, but it's probably also one of the ones we neglect the most, one of the ones we uh, misunderstand the most, which is a shame because it is definitely one of the most uh, powerful ones in terms of really uh, cultivating that intimate, close relationship with God. So that is really what we're going to talk about here this morning. But before we get into what prayer is, uh, how about we pray? God, I just uh, want to come before you, Lord, and I just thank you so much for this day, uh, for this opportunity that we have just to, to seek you, uh, to really look at your word uh, and what you have to say about just uh, really something that you desire us to do so much. And so I just pray that we just uh, lay aside any preconceived ideas about what prayer is or isn't. Uh, and God, we just hear from you directly this morning. And that by the time we leave, uh, we are ready uh, just to pursue you in a prayer life with you, Lord. For we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So like any good relationship, communication is key. How many of you would agree that the most important component of any good relationship is good communication? I think we all can probably agree with that. You see, the strength and the depths uh, of our relationships are going to be dependent upon the strength and the depth of our communication. You know, I've seen the results of poor communication in my life, whether it be in my relationships, whether it be in the workplace, whether uh, it be out in social environments. You know, I think about my responsibilities here at the church, and one of them is communication and really all the communication that takes place. And I've seen the results when we uh, forget to convey something properly to you all, whether it be an event or, or something that uh, is happening in and throughout the church. And really when we uh, miscommunicate something or don't communicate something effectively, it hinders the event or hinders your opportunities to, to grow spiritually. And life is no different. When we uh, do not communicate properly uh, with each other, things can go awry. And with God, it's no different. 
You know, when we do not communicate with God, things can really be damaged uh, in our spiritual walk with him. You know, we think about communication. It really is a part of our everyday life. We're communicating with our spouses on a daily basis, our, our family, our friends, our coworkers. Uh, we communicate with the teller at the bank. We communicate with the waiter at the restaurant. We communicate with the customer service representative on the other side of the world after we've been on hold for an hour. You know, communication is a part of our everyday life. And really, prayer is just that. It's communication. And so uh, maybe uh, prayer is just something that's so foreign to you. Maybe you are at the beginning of your walk and you're just looking at, at prayer as this daunting thing that you don't quite get. Uh, or maybe you have just cultivated a prayer life and you really just want to go into a deeper relationship. Whatever, wherever we're at, whether we're hot or cold, whether our prayer life is thriving or it's dry, uh, it doesn't change the fact of how important it is in our life and that uh, really Jesus calls us to prayer. And so if we're really going to unleash our full spiritual potential, we need to be praying men and women of God. Now, full disclosure, I do not have this prayer thing down. You know, I go through ebbs and flows in my own prayer life. You know, some days I feel like I am just on fire in my prayer life and it's just thriving. And then other days it, it feels like I'm in a desert and I'm having to, to force myself to, to go through. So understand that wherever you're at in your prayer life, I can relate. You know, but I really do believe that uh, together we can go to God's word here this morning and we can look to grow wherever we're at in our relationship and in our prayer life so that by the end of it, we understand prayer a little bit better. We uh, feel like we can pray and we also desire to pray. So I want to go to Deuteronomy 4.7. I love what this says. It says, for what great nation is there? that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. Psalms 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all that call to him, to all that call on him in truth. And Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. See, how awesome is it that we get to commune with the creator of the universe, that he wants that real personal relationship with us. He doesn't just want to be a, a God that is on the sidelines in our life. He doesn't just want to be that, that friend that only uh, comments on our Facebook status uh, when they like something or, or that uh, person that, you know, just wants to, to like our, our pictures from a distance on Instagram. But he also doesn't want to be this dictator over our lives that just controls everything, that, that there's no intimacy, there's no freedom. And he also doesn't want to be that family member that we just choose to call on holidays and when we need something. You know, God wants to be real, intimate, and personal with every single one of us. And prayer is the way that we cultivate that relationship with God. So one thing to understand is prayer is active. How many of you have a smartphone, whether that be an iPhone, a Android device, Okay, how, how many of you still are rocking the flip phone or the non-smartphone, so to speak? All right, we have one person, I, I see, maybe two, three. Uh, 
Garrett in the, the service last night, I keep giving him a hard time. Uh, I feel like he's holding on to that flip phone because he's expecting trends. You know how trends usually come back around? So after like 20 years, he thinks he's going to be able to like really charge that and get tons of money off of it and be the hip, cool guy. But most of us have followed this trend of a smartphone. And it, it's pretty cool because it really is just so many uh, powerful tools in the palm of your hand. And, you know, when I got my iPhone, I was so excited just to, to turn it on and get started knowing that there were so many different things that I could do with it. Uh, but when I turned it on, it said that I had to activate it. You know, so here it was, this powerful tool in the palm of my hand, and I'm ready to, to use it, but I had to activate it before I could use all of its capabilities. And see, prayer is the activation to which we are able to access so much of what God has for our lives. Prayer activates the presence of God in our life. Prayer activates God's power in our life. Prayer activates God's provision. Prayer activates God's guidance and direction. So, so many of us, though, we, we really were just at the forefront, and we have God right at the, the palm of our fingertips, but we're not activating it to then be able to access everything that he has for us. You know, how much does God want to, to give us purpose, but we aren't asking him for guidance? You know, how much does God want to deliver us from an addiction, but we aren't asking uh, for his power to really help us break free of that addiction? You know, James 4, 2 says, uh, we have not because we ask not. And so really, in reality, there's so much that God wants to provide us with that he's just waiting to just equip us with, but we aren't activating is really what he wants to give us through that prayer. So, you know, Jesus himself in his word tells us that we should pray. And usually when Jesus tells us something, we really need to do it. And he says in uh, Luke 18:1, and he spoke a parable to them in this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. The emphasis being that prayer should be constant and we should not grow weary of doing so. You know, I, I think about uh, my relationship uh, with my wife. And, and what if one day, you know, I just decided I was going to stop communicating with her. You know, throughout the day, there was no text. Uh, there was no phone call to her. You know, when I got home, I would just keep to myself and just go about um, doing just me, keeping to really just doing life on my own and just completely neglecting her. And I just would continue to do this for days. How many of you would probably agree that my relationship with my wife would not be good and my marriage would not be good? Yeah, and you know what? It's the same thing with God. You know, we can really just go throughout our day not inviting him in to any single part of it, not communicating with him in any possible way, and we just continue this. And really, our relationship with God is suffering because we aren't keeping those lines of communication going. But let's look at it maybe this way. Maybe I, I don't stop communicating with my wife, but I stop communicating with my wife authentically. So maybe I'm not really giving her what I'm really thinking. Maybe I'm not telling her what I'm really feeling, what emotions are really coming over me. I'm not, I'm not telling her my dreams, my hopes, my desires, my fears. It, it, my relationship with her, my communication with her would be lacking authenticity. How many would also agree that the relationship would suffer that way? Because it wouldn't really be a real relationship. It, it would be fake. It would be a facade. And so in reality, it's the same thing with God. We have to be able to, to come to God and, and really just give him our real heart. 
You know, God wants us to be personal. He wants us to be honest, to tell him those things that we're struggling with, to tell him those things that, that are hurting us, that we're just finding so difficult in our lives. You know, uh, it says in Psalm 139.1, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. See, he knows everything about us before we even go to him. But just like any person desiring a real relationship, he wants that line of communication to be open, and that is through prayer. Now, are, are you following me so far? Are you beginning to, to see that prayer is this authentic and intimate communication with Jesus? And that the purpose of prayer and the byproduct of prayer is a close relationship with Jesus. You see, intimate relationship with Jesus was God's creation since day one, before sin ever entered the picture. God wanted the real, intimate, close relationship with his people, with his creation. But then when sin entered the picture, that line of communication was severed. But when Jesus went to the cross and died and was resurrected, that line of communication was reopened as the veil, the wall, so to speak, was torn. And that line of communication was reopened so that we could approach God and all of his holiness anytime we're, that we want, right where we're at. You know, but uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can now draw near through the grace of God to his throne when we are in need, when we are on cloud nine or when we are in the deepest valley that we've ever experienced. We get to approach our creator right where we're at. See, the veil of sin has been torn, but so many of us now kind of put this wall in between us and God that it hinders us from prayer ourselves. We allow all these other hurdles now into our lives. We allow all these other obstacles into our lives that hinder us from thriving. So really, what are these walls? Why, why don't we pray? You know, I, I've heard so many reasons, and I've even found some reasons to be true for myself at different points in my walk. And, and I just thought we could look at some common hurdles here this morning, and, and we can discover really, uh, really how to overcome them so that we can have a thriving prayer life. You know, the first one uh, I want to look at is, I just don't know how to pray. You know, many of us just feel like we, we don't know how to pray. And I know when I, especially for those that are first starting their walk, maybe you really just don't know how to pray at all. You know, when I first uh, became a Christian, I, I really just had all these questions in regards to prayer. Like, uh, how do I pray? What does that look like? You know, am I supposed to pray a certain prayer? Am I supposed to pray a certain amount of time? You know, am I supposed to, to pray to God? Am I supposed to pray to Jesus? Am I supposed to pray to the Holy Spirit or, or all three? You know, am I supposed to be on my knees? Uh, am I supposed to say a certain thing to make sure my prayers get answered? And all of these are very legitimate questions, um, you know, but really his disciples even struggled praying. The very ones that were walking with Jesus, that were learning directly from Jesus, they even struggled with knowing how to pray to the point where they had to go to Jesus in uh, Matthew 6, and they had to ask him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I just thought, you know what, for maybe of us that, those of us that are battling this, I don't know how to pray. Uh, I just figured we could go to Jesus and, and see what he taught his disciples and really just use that as a starting point. And so I really just want us to look at that prayer in Matthew 6. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, Jesus isn't saying, uh, pray this exact prayer uh, whenever you pray. He's essentially just giving us an outline, providing us with a structure by which to pray by. And so I just kind of want to break down uh, this structure. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is acknowledging who we are praying to and how glorious and how holy his name is. You see, it's a reverence by which we approach the heavenly Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven magnifies what matters most. Our prayer first and foremost is that God's perfect will be done in our lives. The purpose of everything is for God to be glorified and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask God for his provision. God provides us each day with exactly what we need. He doesn't give us what we need for the entire week or the entire year, but what we need for today. See, the reason for doing so is because he wants us to continue to seek him and know that it is he who supplies our needs as we seek and depend on him daily. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors as a prayer of repentance to God. Asking for forgiveness where we have fallen short and a prayer for others. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil is a prayer for God's protection and strength to withstand the temptations of the enemy. See, God doesn't tempt us, but will allow us to be tempted so that we can learn to increase in our faith and our trust in him as our deliverer and our faithful father. And finally, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever is again acknowledging and praising God for how great and how good he is. This is a great starting point if you just don't know how to pray. There's no magical formula. You don't have to have some poetic speech or some grand elaborate prayer. God just wants you to be real and honest and humble before him and converse with him just like you and I would talk to those closest to us, just like you and I are talking right now. You know, another uh, common thing that I hear uh, in regards to prayer is I just don't have time. You know, uh, when I, at different seasons, uh, you know, I've really learned one of my biggest struggles has been a misinterpretation of Scripture uh, in certain situations of life. And when it came to prayer, um, I was really thinking, uh, there were two uh, things specifically that I would read in the Word, uh, where it says to go and lock yourself away in private and pray to God. Uh, and the other one was praying without ceasing. When it came to uh, going and locking yourself away in private and praying to God, I really just thought, you know what, I had to go and lock myself in my prayer closet for hours on end uh, just praying to God or else uh, my prayers wouldn't have been heard without understanding that really the heartbeat of that scripture is God wanting uh, us to check ourselves and check our intent uh, instead of praying uh, in public just so we look super spiritual. He wanted to make sure that, you know what, no, we're praying for the right reason. And, and the other one that I, I struggle with, with the praying without ceasing, I thought, all right, I just need to devote myself to prayer for 24 hours a day in order for, for God to, to hear my prayer. But again, uh, what that scripture was just telling us is that God is ever present and close to us in every single part of our day. You know, uh, Paul's statement uh, really is what I want to talk about, though, this whole idea of praying without ceasing. 
You know, if we think about that, uh, we, like I, could have looked at that incorrectly and think, well, I, I just, life demands so much of my time. How can I just sit and pray 24-7? Uh, when in reality, it's understanding that God is with us 24-7, that he's in every single facet of our lives. You know, we sing uh, a worship song sometimes called uh, You Won't Relent, and there's a part in the song uh, where it says, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you, and I want to sing right to you. Really, the, the premise of that is understanding that, you know what, we don't have a God that is super distant, that we have to call and, and wait for him uh, to come to us, that he is right here, right now in the seat next to us, that he is in every single detail of our lives, and he is just waiting for us to turn to him and acknowledge him that he is right there. And so really when Paul is saying pray without ceasing means that uh, in anything that I can do, whether I'm at work and I can just say, God, help me with this proposal. Help me to, to complete this and, and do this the way that you want me to. Or, oh man, you know what? I really, that person just really just welled up anger inside of me when they cut me off in traffic. God, help me to, to have a little bit of patience. Uh, man, God, I'm just really just feeling down today. I just really need you to, to just renew my strength and just help me uh, to accomplish this. Or, oh man, that person uh, in the cubicle next to me. I just really feel like they're down today. God, will you just be with them and, and help them to, to know that you are there? You see, it's these just simple prayers all throughout our day, inviting God to be at the forefront of everything that we do and every single thing that we have. Uh, you know, I love what uh, Matt Chandler, uh, who's a pastor out in Dallas, Texas, uh, many of you probably have heard of him. Um, he uh, he kind of equates um, really uh, our prayer life uh, to the marriage relationship. And he focuses on two areas. Uh, the first is uh, within marriage, we have what we call rimshot conversations throughout the day. Um, you know, with our spouses, we will have the, the you know, where it's just sending a text, hey, how's your day going? Hope you're, you're doing well. Or hey, just thinking about you. Hey, I love you. Hey, can you pick this up from the grocery store? You get home and you're juggling the kids' schedules and your own schedules and chores, but you're talking to each other and engaging in, with each other all throughout uh, that extended period of time. You know, that's very important to a successful marriage to have that because like I alluded to at the beginning uh, of the message, if I completely neglect that area of communication with my wife, my marriage is going to suffer. And it's the same way with our relationship with God. If we neglect that ability just to invite God into every single moment, our relationship with, with him is going to suffer. You know, and there's also another component of the marriage relationship of communication, and that is what most of us would call date night, where, you know, it's that time where we just set apart uh, time with our spouse. We remove all distractions, and we just essentially say, you know what, I just want to sit here. I just want to, to hear your heart. I just want you to, to hear my heart. I want to know really what's going on with you in, in that intimate, real way. You see, and it's the same thing with our relationship with God. We also have to have that ability where we do go set aside time, where we do lock ourselves away free of distraction, and we just seek the heart of God. We cry out to him. We give him our whole heart and everything that we have been carrying. You know, if you, we neglect one area, our relationship is going to suffer. If we neglect both, our relationship is going to suffer. But if we are operating in both and making sure that we are cultivating both of those, then we know that we are going to have a thriving relationship with God. We always have time for him because he is ever-present. All we have to do is just speak to him, and we have to listen. You know, last night I neglected to talk about another important component of communication, and that is listening. 
You know, some of us might have it down where we just go to God and we're like, God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then like, all right, see you later. Instead of giving God everything that we have to give to him and then being still before him and listening and receiving. Because listening is just as important in within communication. Uh, another uh, thing um, that really uh, hinders our prayers and that we allow uh, to build a wall is uh, really insert the, the blank. I feel like I can't pray because of my weakness, my sin, my hurt, my doubt, my complacency, etc. You see, many of us struggle with a specific thing that we place between us and God. So what do I mean by this? Maybe you are battling depression and you feel like you really just can't go to God with it. Maybe you're just so down and you just feel like you just can't go to God because this depression is just blocking you. Instead of uh, understanding that, you know what God says in his word, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So in the God's word, we find that, you know what, there's a response to that, that that just already opens that line of communication because I know what God says in that condition. You know, maybe your thing is hurt. Maybe you're battling uh, really just heartbreak. Maybe you're just really struggling. You're just uh, so overwhelmed with something in your life. You know, but again, God shows us through his word in the Psalms where it says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Maybe your thing is sin, and, and maybe your prayer life has suffered because the guilt of that sin is just keeping you from going to God, is just driving you away from him. You feel like you can't come to him until you clean yourself up and get your act together. But again, if we go to God's word, it says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, God's word shows us that no matter what our thing is, the prayer lines are always open with God. We just have to be able to come to him with an honest, true, humble heart. You know, that is another thing. That's why, you know, Pastor Buddy, we started off this whole series on the importance of, of God's word because we can know even just in these three examples that when we are struggling in life and we feel like something is hindering our, our prayer life or any part of our walk with God, we know that we can go to the word. And if we get this word in us, when the enemy tries to say, you can't go to God because of A, or you can't go to God because of B or this or that, we can know that, you know what, the word says this, whatever my condition is, the word says that, and I know that I can go to God. So whatever your thing is, instead of not praying because of it, pray about it and give it to God and ask him to, to remove it, ask him to heal it, ask him to forgive you of it or deliver you from it and so on. And the last thing that uh, I find of one of the reasons we don't pray is because uh, I feel like he just doesn't answer my prayers. Now, I want us to look at uh, 1 John 5, uh, verses 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. 
See, one of the biggest wars that we face uh, in our lives is our will versus God's will. You know, the scripture points to the fact that when we pray for God's will in our lives, uh, he is hearing us. You know, and often we go to God and we desire something that is not God's will and we wonder why he isn't answering it. You know, sometimes we, we pray desiring uh, God to give us our will over his, you know, and in lies the conflict. You know, we, we have to come to a maturity uh, in Christ that our desire within our relationship with Jesus is that our prayer is that his will be done in our lives above all else. You know, we have to come to the place that, that Jesus came to in the Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross where he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, God is faithful, and, and you can know that he hears every prayer, and, and sometimes he answers our prayers in very different ways than we expect. You know, sometimes we, we feel like he doesn't hear our prayer because he doesn't answer them in the way that we think that he should or, or within the timing we think that he should. You know, for example, uh, maybe uh, uh, someone's prayer is, you know, God, I, I want a new job. I feel very unfulfilled in where I'm at, and I really uh, just want a, a new place to just go and work so that I can be satisfied and that I can be fulfilled. And, and then, you know, maybe a couple months later, that this has been your prayer, and, and you lose your job. And instead of God providing a new one, you go month after month after month without a job at all. And you cry out to God, and God, I, my prayer was this, and you answered this. You know, and so we think God isn't answering the prayer, but maybe in that situation, he's wanting to use that time to teach you that really you can be completely satisfied and dependent, not upon a job, but upon him. You know, and maybe he's got to prepare you for the job that he has created you for, that you're going to thrive, that you're going to be the most fulfilled and satisfied in because it's going to be the one that he wants, maybe not the one that you necessarily thought that you wanted. You know, this is a purely hypothetical example but it just goes to show that, you know, when we seek God and we seek his will, it, sometimes it isn't going to look the way that we think that it should. Sometimes we're going to have to walk through some valleys to get to the mountaintop. Sometimes we're going to have to face some trials in order to get to the plan and the purpose that God has. And really, what is the ultimate heartbeat behind our prayer? And that is, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That your will be done in my life. You know, I, I love these two scriptures. In Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways, and his thoughts than our thoughts. You know, the ways of this world are not our destiny. God's purpose and God's will for what he created for our lives is. And so that really needs to be what our prayer is becomes. So maybe the question now is, I can do this, right? You know, we've gone over some, some hindrances, and, and I know that there are many, many more. But can we all agree that we all possess the ability to pray? And can we agree that, that prayer really is as simple as just opening our mouth and talking to God? But can we also agree that though prayer is just as simple as us opening our mouth and talking to God, it is still really difficult sometimes. You know, I understand that, and I get that. And, but I believe that we can all 
overcome our thing or our hindrances, to either ignite a prayer life for the first time or, or reignite a prayer life that has gone dry or really just go deeper still in our prayer life. How? Because we serve a faithful God that is our friend, our helper, and our teacher. He never desires to leave us where we're at. He just wants us to, to come to him with a pure and honest heart, and he will lead us and meet us right where we're at. You know, so we're going to do something together here in a minute. But, you know, like I alluded to, Pastor Buddy started this series off by discussing uh, the importance of God's word in our life. So we're actually going to go to God's word for an example of prayer in Acts 1.14. And, and Pastor Gay talked about last week the importance of church and unleashing our spiritual potential. The importance of us gathering together and us really preparing our hearts for what God has for us in church. And we're going to see that in this very same example of prayer in Acts. And so I just want us to read it together. All of these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. You see, the disciples were gathered together in the upper room, waiting on the Holy Spirit. They were praying with one accord, just crying out and calling to God, just waiting for his will to be done in their lives, for, uh, to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so really, uh, I believe in this season that God is doing something really uh, amazing through Salem Fields. You know, we are in a season of rebuild, and, and we talked about Nehemiah um, the past couple of months. And, and if we look at Nehemiah, before he started rebuilding the wall, the first thing that he did was pray. He fell to his knees before God, and he sought God, and, and God responded to his prayers, and God used Nehemiah mightily in all of Israel and the people that uh, their lives touched. And so I just imagine, what if we as a church really just unleashed the power of prayer? How much would that affect our community? Imagine if we are just a praying church, really how much our lives will be changed, how much our community will be changed, how much uh, the lives of our families would be changed if we were just so devoted to prayer, so devoted to keeping those lines of communication with God. You know, we really can pray. We can do this. You can leave here today with the certainty of knowing that you can pray, that we don't have to overcomplicate it, that all we have to do is just open our mouth and talk like you and I are talking right now. If we can communicate with people around us, we can communicate with God. And you can rest assured that he will hear your prayer as you come to him with an honest and real, authentic heart. So really the, the question is, now do we want to pray? You know, so that is where the challenge lies this week. In your program, uh, you should see a card, and it says, Unleash My Spiritual Potential Prayer. Now, if you didn't get a card in your program, I want you to just hold up your hand, and we'll make sure that we get one in your hands. So if you did not get one, just go ahead, throw up your hand. I know there's one down here, one back there. So just keep your hands high, one right here up front. Uh, just keep your hands up. So really the challenge this week, you know, Pastor Buddy, the first week challenged us to, to read the Gospel of John for 21 days, and hopefully we've been doing that. And Pastor Gay, uh, her challenge last week was that we would uh, really commit to preparing ourselves for uh, worship um, and for meeting. And so this week the challenge is uh, I want us all as a church 
to commit to praying every single morning for the next seven days, the moment that we wake up before our feet ever hit the ground, to give God our day, to invite him to have his will in our lives, to open those lines of communication before our feet ever hit the ground. And I am believing wholeheartedly that if we do this in one accord as the church, just like the disciples did in that upper room waiting in one accord for the Holy Spirit, I believe when we pray in one accord that God is going to move in our families, he's going to move in us individually, and he's going to move in this body. Uh, And it's going to affect not just our households, but it's going to affect the entire community uh, that Salem Fields is really so desperate to reach for him. And so really we're going to pray this prayer every single morning for the next seven days. And it's really just using uh, what Jesus taught his disciples, the model prayer. It's using that as a, just a really a, an example, as a, as a framework, uh, but we made it specific for us. And it says, God, I praise you. Thank you for this day. It is a blessing and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I give it to you. I pray your will for my life today. I pray your protection over me and my family. Rebuild in me what needs to be rebuilt. Use me to build your kingdom in my home and in my community. Thank you for your grace and mercy. And to you be all glory and all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you can commit to that, just check that box or write your name and your email address. This is, we're not going to be the ones to hold you accountable, but this is really just for you to, to really just step forward and say, you know what, I want to make a commitment to that. I want to, even if it's to pray for the very first time, I want to be a part of that and really just let this be the first time or, or the millionth time I engage in prayer, but I really just want uh, to pray God's will uh, for my life, especially just try it out for the next seven days. And so during this song, I want you to drop it in this bucket. This prayer is going to be on Facebook. And it's going to be on the Salem Fields Community Church website. So that way, if you forget it or you didn't get a chance to write it down uh, on your program, you can access that. Each and every morning, you can be able to just access it and print it off so that way um, that you have it. But it will be on Facebook and it will be on our website. Um, If you can't access either one of those for whatever reason, shoot us an email or or try to get um, a card before you leave and and get it written down. But uh, just do that during this next song. And I also want to encourage you, uh, if God has spoken to you about something here this morning, of what is hindering your prayer life, or you can immediately pinpoint or recognize yeah, I know what it is. You know, I want to encourage you during this, this song, maybe you want to just come and you just want to pray and you want to give it to God right now. Open those lines of communication back up. Uh, or maybe you just want to worship and just ask God to, to show you uh, those hindrances that keep you from, from going uh, to him in prayer and keeping those lines of communication open. Whatever it is, I just want you to, to respond as God leads you here this morning. So we're going to worship, uh, bring your commitments up, and I will come back and close us out after this. Mm-hmm.